the Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Listen to the exciting story of the American Community Schools of Athens. Check out what drives all the members of our international community of learners as we create the education of the future. Here's John Papadakis. Welcome to the second season of the Owlcast. Thank you for joining us to what is shaping to be another exciting academic year at ACS Athens. In the first season of the Outcast, we talked with more than 40 individuals from the school community, teachers, alums, visitors, and of course our students, discussing what makes life at ACS Athens exciting, rewarding, and most of all, memorable. Our unofficial motto is, never a dull day. This was reflected in all our episodes, which are accessible through all the major podcast platforms and under the news and production section of our website. Last year, we discovered that everyone in our community has a lot to say, what inspires them and what they aspire to do in the year and years to come. In the new season of the Outcast, we will bring to you more faculty and student stories from the life at ACS Athens, but also stories from colleges visiting our campus every year, parent stories, and much more. We kick off this year's Outcast with the president of ACS Athens, Dr. Peggy Pelonis, who steers the school through the post-COVID era that is full of the teachings of online learning, community building, and meaningful engagement benefiting everyone. With Dr. Pelonis, we discuss this year's vision for the school, her Friday reflection note to the community. How can a second grader be inspired to be a conscious global citizen? And of course, who is the hero in the story of ACS Athens? We have entered the fourth year of your presidency at ACS Athens. I know it seems like yesterday, but these three years have been particularly critical for our community as it's been for the entire world, considering what we went through with a pandemic. Online learning became not just a backup option, but the only option, especially until last year. Crisis management was the first concern of each day, and most of all, the entire character of schooling, physically being a part of the community, changed. I know that it's so much to unpack, but your capacity as the president, but also as a psychologist, made your role all the more critical. What is your main takeaway from this experience? I think the most important thing, looking back now, because we responded and pivoted to the needs of the community, and um, we responded well with the online learning. But looking back now, the number one question was always the well-being of the students and, of course, the faculty, because they needed to be well in order to be, to teach optimally and be able to change under the circumstances and put to practice all of the things that we had been preparing for. That led to a big question about student well-being, but also, you know, we always talk about students being successful, very, very important, obviously, when you're, you know, learning in school. You want to be able to go to the next level. You want to thrive. You want to uh, be successful. But do, are we asking ourselves, how can students also be happy? And this is something that came to the forefront with the pandemic. Uh, we know the side effects of what the lockdown created. And we saw some of those last year when we came back gradually. Uh, we saw some uh, gaps in socializing, 
being able to develop deep friendships, but also a lot of uh, personal and deep symptoms uh, that came as a result of this. Luckily, kids are resilient and, you know, they respond uh, uh, quickly, but they have to have the right environment to be able to be well. So that was the number one thing. How can we create an environment where students feel safe, where there is respect, but also well-being? So can you characterize the response of the community to this entire ordeal? Is it resilience or is it something more than that? The community in the beginning uh, was in shock, as we all were, really uh, careful about the next step because uh, the unknown is always uh, very scary and no one knew what to do. I think, though, that coming together as a community, we had a lot of support. We had, uh, you know, different scenarios that we worked on here as a team, as you know, and um, this created a, a sense of trust in terms of, well, maybe we don't know where we're heading. We don't know what's coming our way, but we are confident that we're going to figure it out. And I think we did to a large extent. We figured we weren't perfect, of course, but we figured it out to a large extent. And this created a sense of trust both in the students and in the, in the in the community as a whole. Going back to the online modality of learning, how do you believe it affected our community of learners, students and faculty? It's interesting because uh, there had been dialogue, um, in uh, particularly in higher education, about where education is going. And there was a lot of talk about, you know, things are going online and kids need to be independent learners and they can they should be able to learn from anywhere in the world. And if anything, yes, that's true. The pandemic brought that to the forefront, that it's possible to have education online, that you can be anywhere in the world and be able you know, to log in and, and uh, receive some kind of instruction or experience in the learning environment. But it also brought to the forefront that there is nothing like face-to-face education, that that relationship with the teacher uh, you know, the instructor, the administrator, the students, the other students is most important. And that within that environment, students will thrive much more than they will uh, online. It wasn't as easy to engage students after a while. I think at the beginning when it was new, you know, everybody react, responded to it. But after a while, it was easier to turn off your camera, to kind of lie on your bed. You know, it doesn't, it wasn't students were not as disciplined, and certainly it was a great challenge to engage young kids online. So if anything, it brought to the forefront the need to be face-to-face even more. And it brought in the surface the resilience of the young ones because and their families, of course. So last year, you started the Friday Reflection Note uh, sent to our community. This Friday, you said, If nothing else, the pandemic taught us that coming together physically to connect is a very important human need. Do you believe that realizing the importance of the human, this human need was a welcome side effect of the pandemic? Judging from the way the students came back to school, but also judging the way that the teachers came back and everyone came back to school, uh, there were so many challenges. People had so many personal challenges. You know, there's challenges right now going on worldwide with uh, the you know energy crisis and so on and so forth. But everybody was, uh, for the most part, so happy to be back in an environment where we could connect with one another, where we could find our friends, where we could be, you know, have a common goal. 
And I think that that was a lesson. I, I heard this a lot, this comment that, yes, I had ABC going on, I, you know, lost family members. I had this situation, illnesses, this, that. But I'm so happy to be back, uh, even though vacation was welcomed, but happy to be back in school. And that is a testament to the sense of belonging at ACS and the sense of community. We started this uh, academic year with a record number of students. As you well know, retention plays a similarly important role as new registrations. You speak daily with our students and our parents, and you have a unique perspective as to why so many families choose to be here. What is so unique about our community that holds consistently strong? Um, I think I will speak you know, at two levels here, I think generally uh, private and international education to a large degree has expanded, though in other areas of the world, I know that the number of students have reduced significantly. For ACS, it's the values, I believe, that we that we teach and, uh, and uphold. Um, and that gives students and parents a sense of uh, predictability and a feeling of safety that I know that my child is going to and this, these are a lot of the comments that I get from alums who bring their kids back to ACS and so on and so forth, that the values that are taught here, kids are able to carry with them wherever they go. And uh, of course, they thrive in many cases, in most cases, at university and beyond, but they carry friendships with them and they carry these ideas that they can take out into the world and translate them into action once they, their education is, is complete. But here's the thing. It's not just that they turn it into action to improve, you know, something in their area that they've studied or in the community or whatnot. It also gives them a sense of, I am, I can problem solve. I'm not a victim of the circumstances, but I can turn anything into a solution and see that side of it. This is the kind of mindset that we want to cultivate and continue to cultivate. And this only comes from holistic education, mind, body, and, and, and spirit. You presented a new vision for the school this year. Well, not quite new, but improved and more specific. What thoughts or needs made you formulate this new vision? It evolved. It evolved from the previous vision uh, because we it, it, there's an expansion that is more holistic. And what it, what it is, is yes, we want our kids to be architects of their own learning. I mean, part of the American philosophy of education, besides the curriculum, is that um, we want kids to have choices. And by having choices, you don't feel trapped. You don't feel that you go into only one direction, but you're able to, to uh, exercise your passion, your needs, you know, all of these things. So yes, architects of their own learning. Yes, of course, we want them to thrive as conscious globe, as uh, global citizens, because that's our mission, responsible global citizens. We want them to be aware, students to be aware of what's going on in other parts of the world and how do they become part of the solution. But we want them also to be conscious citizens. And conscious citizenship means that I am a person who's going to take everything that I know, all of the things that I'm learning in school, all of my experiences, I'm going to synthesize these and I'm going to come up with solutions or I'm going to be creative enough to invent something at the next level. 
predicting what the world may need. So you it's know, a dynamic it, process. It's, it's a not a static exactly. situation. Exactly. I remember when you coined this uh, conscious global citizen in a paper. And uh, I remember thinking that if anything, this is an evolving situation and that the consciousness is a key. Um, but improving life and living on the planet, I think this is something that is expanding the scope of this vision for the school, uh, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. And when I say improving life and living on the planet, you know, I don't necessarily mean that somebody has to take on the world and go make major changes out there. If they if they're willing to do that and there's something that, you know, is along their purpose and passion, that's fantastic. But improving their own life, improving the life of someone else, improving their community life, because ultimately this comes back to them. And that goes along with the question of, you know, what makes people happy? Uh, how do I create that I have a say in creating the kind of environment that's going to improve first my life and then somebody else's life as well. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. You are talking to an elementary school kid, let's say a second grader, who has just learned to decode the language and can offer an opinion. How do you describe to this child the idea of a conscious global citizen? I am amazed by some of the things that are happening in the classrooms. I was just talking the other day to uh, the people who went into the classes to talk about student council and connected to conscious citizenship. And it basically, it, it, exp it, it they explain to the students that everything that you do here today has an impact in the wider community, in the world as a whole. In many areas, we've connected this to the sustainable development goals so that, for example, if students go and they clean a beach, they know that there is a goal that comes along with that, you know, having clean oceans and waters uh, that is a higher, a higher goal. And that connection brings out in the students incredible creative ideas. And they um, went back in to talk to the administrators and say, hey, we have ideas of what to do. You know, we want to take care of these straight dogs. We want to, we want to, the turtles are in trouble. So we want to do something about that. We want to, you know, clean more beaches. We want to do something here at ACS in terms of recycling in our area. So all of these projects are, yes, they're great projects, but they can be seen either in silos There's as different projects, or they can be connected to a bigger picture that gives students a purpose. They know they're contributing to something bigger. And at the same time, there's this incredible internal satisfaction that comes as a result of this because it's their idea, they, it, it improves life and living on the planet, and it's connected to purpose. And, and you see the satisfaction in the faces of the little kids when they realize that what they did had a bigger impact. Exactly. It's so exciting to watch that. And now you're in front of a couple that comes to visit our campus. They see a sprawling complex of buildings in the middle of Halandri, and they try to sense what we're all about. How can they be part of this vision? It's it's interesting the comments that I that I hear, and especially from the admissions office, enrollment office, that when people walk on campus, there's something in the air. They can't quite explain it, but there's something in the air that is attractive to them. Now, I have to say, 
We're not a school for everyone. We are a school that has a story, okay? We believe in our students as the heroes of the story uh, and as, and by extension, you know, the parents. But we are here to guide them because what do we want from heroes in stories? We want them to be successful. We want them to win the day. We want them to gain the skill, the knowledge, uh, with the, the experience to make it at the end of the day, whatever whatever the goal and the dream is. So we're their guides. And in being their guides, we create the platform for all of this to take place and in the process, empower them and encourage them to get there. So it's an evolving process every day. Um, it takes time. So nobody's perfect from day one. And this is the important thing to understand. And of course, they will make mistakes. Kids will make mistakes as we still do as adults, right? The But the important thing is to respect diversity, different differences, because we're 64 different nationalities under one roof, not an easy thing to manage. Uh, and there must be a deep sense of respect in order for the, the people to, you know, uh, coexist in this environment. There must be an, a willingness to be open-minded and understand, uh, you know, another's perspective. You don't necessarily have to agree. You don't necessarily have to be, you know, part of, but you do need to understand it and respect it. And in that sense, once we get those values, once those values are in place and people really, they become ingrained, then the rest becomes easier to manage. And so I, I'm, I'm very proud of what the ACS community has been doing and how we've been coming together to, to, towards these goals. Well, you, you're bringing me to the next question with your comment about the hero, because you addressed the community this year and you made reference to the hero. Who is the hero and who needs a hero? Yeah, that's a good question. I think we all need heroes. You know, we all need heroes. We all need someone who's going to jump in and save the day, no matter how old we are. We want to know that there's someone out there who knows more, who can, you know, has uh, is stronger, is more capable, that's going to come in and save the day. But for us here, the hero is the student, as I said. They're the hero. We have a story to tell. ACS has a story to tell. And this story may not be appealing to everyone. But those who will listen to our story and what we're doing are people who really want to be part of this journey. And that's the best kind of passenger. That's the best kind of person that can be on the journey with us. Our heroes are the students. They have to be. And as I said before, what do we want from a hero in the story? We will root for them. We want them to, to win the day. We want them to make it. We want them to succeed, to get to where they need to get. Does that mean that heroes aren't vulnerable? Does it mean that they don't fall and, you know, and have to get back up? Does it mean that they don't get discouraged? Heroes are filled with doubt. It's a human condition. But the guides, which are the teachers, the administrators, the counselors, all of the people in the school, we have, you know, the experience. We have all that background. We've once been where this hero is now. And so we have to be able to meet that student where they are and we have to help them get to the next phase and the next phase and the next phase where they build up the confidence to reach their dreams, where they deal with all the personal issues that are going on in a way that doesn't become uh, a, a, you know, a, a block to where they want to get. And oftentimes we want to be able to guide them to see, well, maybe this is not the best path for you. Maybe here's, a, here's another choice that you could consider. Um, so this is how I encourage people to see the students in, in, in the school 
and to see ourselves in the process. We must guide them to get to where they need to get. So you have the hero, you must have a villain. <laughs> yes, Who's the villain? That's true. That's absolutely true. Well, here's the thing. The villain for each student is different. It could be anxiety, it could, you know, test anxiety, it could be, uh, you know, getting through to get the right predictions for my university. It could be that I want to get to this particular school and I'm not sure I have the background to do it or how do I get the background to do it. It could be that this particular class is too difficult for me. It could be that I don't have enough friends in the school. It could be that I'm trying to adjust to a new environment. These are all villains. Villains are not necessarily people, but they are personified in the mind of, of a student. And so our job is to help them get past these villains and make them so tiny that they can overcome them. In your annual welcoming presentation to our parents and faculty, you talked a lot about change, about the need to change mindsets to heal the world, as you said. How can a school communicate this and make it understood and internalized by its community? We always talk about change uh, you know, coming our way. We know that there are lots, you know, changes are continuous. They're happening on multiple levels. And because of technology advancing so quickly and artificial intelligence, they are happening very, very quickly. And this puts a psychological strain on people, uh, anxiety, stress, but also there's a need for students and young people, but also adults to be educated at a different level of complexity to respond to these changes. What I'm saying is, yes, changes will always come our way. It's never going to stop. It's going to be continuous and at all levels. But I think that educational institutions need to be transformative, which means that we initiate the change, that we guide the change, that we help transform people to be able not only to navigate change, but for them to initiate change. So again, we don't become victims of change, which is an easy thing uh, to happen with all these multiple changes on different levels. But as educational institutions, if we are transformative and we have that mindset, how do we transform not only the individual, but education as well? It maintains the well-being of the individual at the center, but at the same time creates the platform and removes the blockages so that they can thrive and they can become part of any solution. So the school is all about change, as you said, all about transformation. Mm -hmm. If you had to project five years from now, where do you see this community? How, what kind of change do you hope or plan to see? That's a good question. I hope that what we're building here and have been building in terms of uh, that sense of you know belonging and 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 security and trust in one another in the educational system in the processes that get us to the next level i hope that we will maintain that i believe that we will that we have this common vision it's hard to predict where the education is going to be 5 years from now though i we have clues you know uh, from what we're seeing but what i hope will will continue to create mindsets in students where they go out there and wherever they are, they're making that difference. I believe, however, that we need to have very close partnerships with people in the industry, with, uh, you know, NGOs, with uh, businesses, with uh, higher educational institutions. And this is something that we're working very hard to continue to build 
to have those close bonds because they will also inform the K-12 institutions about where, where it's all going. But at the same time, we're informing them. There's a dialogue between us through our publications, through our presentations, our workshops. I've been invited to speak in the United Nations um, about education and conscious citizenship. That So you're right, it is a concept that is very attractive to people, uh, so they, they want to hear about it. What does this mean, and how does this work in a school? So by inf- keeping each other informed, the K-12 with higher education, businesses, industries, and so on and so forth, and developing those partnerships will help us understand but also shape where the future So it's is a going. mutually dependent relationship. Uh, the school informs and forms the society and the other way around. Absolutely. So finally, Dr. Pelones, can you give us five words that you hope will stay with us until the end of this academic year, if not longer? Mm. Community. I think if you see our banners outside the community, diversity, conscious citizenship, Sustaining excellence is very important, improving life and living. So they're not words, they're phrases, but there you go. Well, I'll take it as a banner then. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Let's have a great year. Let's do. Thank you, Mr. Papadakis. You are listening to The Owlcast, the official podcast of ACS Athens. Make sure you subscribe to The Owlcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. This has been a production of the ACS Athens Media Studio.